Hey, I'm not I'm not saying that I know something, but you know. <laughs> Newcastle, give me a ring. I can help you your recruitment department. We are live. How are you guys doing everyone? Everyone. This is the 97 show. I'm Magnus. I'm Dai. And this week we have to try and fix some teams. We believe that we can we have the abilities, you know, we have the resources now. Yes, we do. We are seeing what they can't see. <laughs> and so we're going to try and apply, you know, those little fixes on some teams. But for now, let's just keep our like let's pick up where we dropped off last week. And Dai, your prediction seems to have checked in like like bro, I can't I can't believe what I saw last <laughs> weekend, bro. I can't believe it. It honestly felt like one of the most predictable games I've ever seen in my entire life. How how come? I don't know. Um, so Brentford have always had this. They always definitely felt like a disruptor, which I think is one of the things that was very, very interesting about them. And United looked off the. They look off the gaff. They didn't look ready. They didn't look sharp. And after watching them against Brighton, I just, I just knew. I felt, I felt it was like it was so obvious. And especially with the Liverpool game coming up, they didn't look like they were going to get ready. And it just, it felt like you know, they're going straight into this game and they're just not going to be ready. And in the end, it turned out to be a. A thumping, not just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are the totally outclassed man. You that's one, definitely. two. I definitely did not think United was going to beat Brentford. The result in itself was the surprise. Honestly, not sorry. The scoreline rather was the surprise, not the result. But yeah, and my prediction seemed to have tanked miserably. <laughs> if you weren't here last week. What I said was Salah was going to score a hat-trick against Crystal Palace. Yes, yes, yes. And if Salah wasn't going to score, Darwin Nunes was going to score the hat-trick for him. If you did watch that game, you know that neither of these two things definitely did not happen. And so, Daya is three points clear in the predictions race. Daya, explain the system. Let them know. So, depending on who gets what and who gets what, I get something and Magnus doesn't, I get a point. If Magnus gets something and I don't, he gets a point. Now I believe he's going. He's going to clarify here because you know I'm really bad in the in the pre meetings. Um, if we both <laughs> get it, I believe we both get a point. You gonna tell me? Yeah. So if we if we both if we both get it, we get one Perfect. point. Perfect. If you get it, I and I don't. That's three points for you. Mm-hmm. And if we both tank, that's nothing. So yeah, for now we are three points clear. So, Magnus, who do we hate this week? Mm. Uh, is one of my favorite players. Actually, I think this guy is definitely the best player, Mbappe. Whoa, I don't like. Whoa, obviously. whoa! I think everyone has probably seen the clip I'm talking about, where whoa. there's an attack that started, and then Vitinha is on the ball, and then looks like he's about like shapes his body about like he's about to give the ball to Mbappe, and then it goes the other way. Mbappe gets frustrated and just walks off. The at- he walks out of the attack. And then the attack goes on. And if Mbappe actually continues the run, he could have been on the end of it tapping. But that attitude was just, for me, unacceptable, bro. Unacceptable. You can't do that. Especially in what I've watching Liverpool, seeing the team, seeing like the mistakes, the tiny mistakes that people like even Jota have made and that make club go ballistic. Just imagine walking off on an attack that you could have been on the end of it tapping. That is the kind of behavior that makes me worried that this guy is not going to get to his peak. And that's the last thing I want to happen to him. 
So this guy is he has not impressed me. He he didn't impress me this week. And also he tried to um he missed the penalty. And PSG got another one. Yeah. Neymar was about to take the penalty. And this guy, imagine with his big head, tried to go and take the ball from Neymar and said he wants to take the penalty after missing a penalty just a few minutes before. And bro, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what got into him. But I don't want to be seeing this, bro. Killian, just focus. Just focus and play ball, bro. Forget everything. Because this guy has the potential to be one in a generation. And he's... Do you think he feels he's too good? Yes. I de- you could see it. It's it, He oozes that confidence, but it's not, it's not terrible. It's not bad. I know. But... That kind, of, but there's an attitude that actually comes with fo- like there's football is is always always going to be a team sport, so that he has to have that attitude, bro. So even better follow question. Is he too good? For who? I don't know the game, the sport. No, no, really, he, definitely not. Definitely, one hundred percent not, bro. I he's not. I won't say he's not special, but like. He's he's the best. He's the best at doing what he does. I don't think he does that many special things, but he just does what he does so good. Like he finishes so like he finishes so much better. Like he's so much faster, right? But like this is things that like these are actually things that we've seen before from Mbappe. So, Bobo, just calm down. We can get straight into what we have this week and. We each are going to pick three teams. Yeah, three teams where we uh we feel that there's still some transfer activity that they need to, that like you no know, that needs to be done. Yep. Feel like there's some players that they still need to acquire. One team that particularly interested me in the Premier League, where we're on Premier League teams today, from what our notes have gathered. There's one team in the Premier League that has not made any signings this summer window. You know who that is? That would be Leicester City. I don't know what they're doing. What's, what's going on over there, bro? They are losing players as well. Yeah. So, what's happening? So, it seems like a very touchy situation where it seems Leicester are standing pat because they believe that last season was more of an anomaly as opposed to the rule. Um, and they feel that a lot of the business they've already done will allow them to um, still advance anyways and that they just need to hope a few players pay off. Obviously, Ubaka Sumari seems to be heading off. Um, they still have high hopes in Paxton Daka, Wesley Fofana, which have indeed is going to be a year older. So, you know, there's still, there's still a core of players over there. But certainly, I think the belief is that, you know, there's a few players here that they can work with. And so, they're not too worried about the window. Brendan Rodgers already spoken about, not expecting new signings to come in the door. So, yeah, it's really... If I was a Leicester fan, I think I would genuinely be worried, uh, especially the season I had. Uh, you know, Ricardo Pereira has once again turned either his ACL or his Achilles. I'm not really sure which one it is. So he's going to be out for a long time. He did, yes. He did. Um, I think it was a was few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So if I was a Leicester fan, I would be very, very worried if I had to... No, and this is no offense to them, but you know, if if my season banks on James Justin and Dewsbury Hall, you know, I'm a bit... I'm a bit worried because, you know, those are good players, but those are rotational players. Yeah. You know? I would, I would yeah, like exactly. it... I would like it if I had a little more assurance in key positions. So it's definitely very worrying, especially especially now that Catrice Michael has walked out the door. He's headed over to Nice, I believe. So there's definitely some work to be done there. Whether it will be done, I have no idea. But 
there's absolutely no reason why we can't speculate definitely definitely i definitely agree with you when you said that or actually i i disagree when you said that last season was an anomaly for leicester okay i think this squad was expected to reach that point at some point right i think it, they were just like not fresh anymore mm-hmm. and in what you said about drisbury hall yes he, they, those are really good players but i would also be worried Drisby, i i'm a big fan of that guy right now i'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Kieran Drisby Hall. but if he is looking to be your club's best midfielder i would be very worried going to the premier league season of course, of and course. he is looking to be leicester's best midfielder right now yeah let's uh dig right into it and i think we will start yeah. firstly with the center back i have aligned this out with the belief that wesley fofana will um join chelsea Sometime this window, yes, so targets yeah. which would which would be sticky, bro. Yeah, that back three of Fofana, Koulibaly, and Thiago Silva is that would be very dirty. impressive. That would be very impressive. So I have come up with three names. Um, I'm going to start with two players that I like, but you know I think I just not cut above the player I'm going to go ahead with. So in third, yeah. actually, is more of not a left field child, but I think a player that could definitely do a job. Edwin Tapsoba at Bayer Leverkusen is an impressive defender. The Burkina Faso International arrived at Bayer Leverkusen, I believe, in 2019, the January of 2019. He's been a staple the entire time. He's a right-footed left center, left um, center back in a three, um, but can play on in both positions in a two. Um, so I think he's a very impressive prospect. My only worry and concern would be that um, there's still a few kinks in his game, but there's not that assurance at the highest level where he's played on the right hand side so he's mostly played on the left so i mm. would be a bit worried there but i think right profile right age he's young um the resale value could be there and i think this is the exact kind of player that they would go for yeah i, de- I definitely agree so definitely agree i i like the of course, we're going to have comments about the Bundesliga level of defending. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bundesliga has a really, really good market for especially centre-backs. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a goalkeeper for Leicester as well because they really are a goalkeeper down. But, you know, I just decided to... Danny Ward has actually never had a full season to himself. I believe that that's what they're going to yeah. try and do. They're just going to try and give him a, take a punt on him. Let's Let's just give it to him, but... Definitely for goalkeepers and centre backs, I was really impressed with the market that the Bundesliga has available. Yeah, um, I just want to quickly apologize. Tapsoba arrived in January 2020 on deadline day, not 2020, 2019. So, the second player on my list here is Jean Claire Tobido at OGC Nice. Very impressive, very impressive player. Um, I believe he was part of the team of the year in France, one of the most exceptional defenders out right now, obviously. Had his time at Barcelona. That didn't work out for uh, many reasons. But he's gone on. He's now playing at Nice. He's been very impressive. Looks like one of the best defenders. Made 40 appearances. All comes last season. This is the type of defender any top club should want to have. He's pacey. He's huge. He's great to the air. Good ball playing ability. And who doesn't love a good French centre-back? When in doubt, buy a French centre-back. Bro, that was... That was it. That was where I was going to, bro. Because they they have they are stacked, yeah. man. They are stacked. 
yeah, John Clay Todibo together with William Saliba were easily for me the two best young defenders in the in the league yes. last season. Even maybe you could even say the two best defenders I generally. Agree. But of course you had the likes of Marquinhos that you can't even just argue with. But yes, I am I'm definitely those two shouts, I'm definitely on board. And now for my final shout. This is the big one. This is a player I have loved for going on at least three years now. Um I have, I, I can speak about this guy for days. Maxence Lacroix at FC, uh, VFL Wolfsburg is Maxence Lacroix has been at Wolfsburg since 2020, 61's appearances since arriving. Um I remember when we before around the summer we wanted to sign Romero. He was one of the players we were looking at in that center back position. Max Lenz is impressive. He's a big center defender. He's got great ball playing skills. He's great in the air. Honestly, and at just 23, 20, not even 23, he's 22. He just turned 22 in April. Yeah. This is an impressive defender. High level experience. Knows how to defend in the high line. He is so, 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 so good. I've been telling people about the Kevin Mbabu, Max Lenz, Akwa, right-hand side at Wolfsburg. So impressive. Obviously, oh. Mbabu has not gone to, to Fulham. But this guy is the future. Do not be surprised in two years' time where this guy is playing at a high-level Champions League club. So, 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 so good. Leicester, if you're looking for a defender, pick this man up. 30, 40 million. No problem. It's done. He's so, so good. I cannot talk about him enough. Honestly, bro, that was... If Leicester can get even any one of them... Okay, you know what? I would just say down to Todibo and Lacroix. Mm-hmm. I would I say agree. down to just those two. If I Leicester agree. can get e- either one of those two, then I think they, if they get Lacroix, they won't miss for fun at all. At all, not one bit, not yeah. one bit. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, he, he's this. He had no. I won't say it's a discipline problem. He had three red cards in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's. Well, he's young. He can. It, it's rash. I think it's something that he can he can grow out of. That's the only reservation I had of him. But it's not even like it's not it's not even. You see, like if the only reservation I have of a centre back is that he got three red cards. Yeah, that's good. That's good enough. I yeah. Agree. So um, staying in Leicester, staying in Leicester, we'd go into their centre midfield position. Because I think, like we mentioned, um, Boba Christomari is looking for a move out. We, I'm not expecting Yuri Tielemans to remain a Leicester player this window. But actually, by from the looks of things, you know, it's not it's not looking too good. I'm not really seeing any suitors that are coming in that swooning for Yuri Tielemans right now. Yeah. But in the in the case the way he moves on, we obviously Leicester would be wise to find another player that could come in and suit that and that could fill those positions. But then I also thought that Leicester would want to move away from, you know, that kind of player that Tillemans was. Because I, some fans would describe him as unreliable sometimes, yeah. which I don't think so. But I know something that Tillemans brought you was goals from midfield and he was like always willing to make that third man run. But I think some some player, some fans actually would um, trade some of that for more security at times. Yeah. yeah. So... The two players that I've uh, brought forward for Leicester uh, would offer more of that, but one of them have would more than the other. But okay, so first I would say the backup option. I would I would always put I'll put the backup option forward first, and backup option is Pablo Rosario. Okay, at OGC Nice. Okay. Yep. So we're talking about a 25 year old Dutch midfielder. He's right footed. Plays in the center of midfield, or he can go even deeper if you want. He's really tall. 6-2. Uh, he's got 139 career appearances so far. And he just moved to Nice from PSV uh, last season. 
I'm I'm a really big fan of this player. From what I've watched, he looks from what I, yeah he looks um sure on the ball. That's something mm-hmm. that I know that Leicester really need. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be able to recycle possession in the case where they keep Madison, recycle possession, and you know be able to find your part your midfield partner. So he seems to be a player that can definitely keep hold of the ball very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leicester fans would definitely be appreciative of that. That's something that he gives them over Tillemans. That's an yeah. upgrade. I know that he's not going to make those runs for you, though. I know he's not... He, he does, of course, but he's not, definitely not as occasional, as not as um frequent as Yuri does. I know he's a very, very strong player, which would definitely... Which definitely translates very well in the in um, the Premier League. Of course, League One midfielders, we don't really have too much questions about them. Yeah. So yeah, that was the first one I brought forward. Then the player that I think they should sign is Maxime Lopez from Sassuolo. Okay. Maxime Lopez is twenty-four, a right-footed midfielder from France. Uh, he gets up and down the pitch a lot, which is why I think he's not only a direct replacement for Tielemans. I think he's even a better version of Tillemans and he's got the same attributes I think that make Tillemans a good player the only thing I would say that Tillemans has over him is that those goals from midfield but I believe that this guy with everything else that he does will definitely make up for that because Madison is contributing very well in those areas and they have Patsendaka, Vardy and Iheanacho so I don't think they're going to be looking for goals that much this guy has had 91% passing accuracy over the last season and I think that's really really impressive in the Serie A comparing him to Pablo Rosario he is just the better player for a more progressive team he played twice the amount of progressive passes than Pablo Rosario in their both respective leagues he created more chances he completed more passes he attempted more passes I think he's a more progressive midfielder my reservation about him it was that it's not that he doesn't look secure he his ability to retain the ball really 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 up there he hasn't really really um, gotten a call-up for France. Yeah, the, with the amount of talent that comes from that country, I'm not sure he um, stands a chance playing in the team that he plays, but this move could actually definitely, you know, put him in the eye a little bit. But I think he's um, he's a very, very hard-working midfielder and he would bring everything that Leicester wants with the um, technicality that he has that would complement James Madison very well because I feel like James Madison also needs to play with... Like, a bowler like that needs to play with bowlers to flourish and um, yeah, Maxim Lopez is um, is a kind of player that I think... In terms of the team, in terms of the team doing better, I think Maxim Lopez is going to make Leicester tick better. Yeah. But I think Pablo Rosario would also be good in terms of that... Um, in that, If you just want security, I think you're going for Pablo Rosario. But if you're looking for um, a team that's going to make Leicester function the way I think they should be, you're going for Maxime Lopez. Certainly, certainly. So, we kick you back off in Newcastle, where I will now discuss the centre-attacking midfielder position because clearly they're targeting um, a creative playmaker, someone who can create plays in that midfield. Um, They've been linked to James Madison heavily. Um, They seem to have no issues they don't know not, no issues to paying the fee but you know they've talked about it internally it seems like madison's going to sign a new deal at leicester anyways so this is definitely a position they're looking at anyways so we will just run down the options i have so the first option i've come up with is ruslan malinovsky at atalanta who right now is linked to marseille had some links at tottenham very interesting player he's a dead ball specialist he's 29 so 
the profile is not certainly there. But if you wanted to get, I'd say, three years out of the player, this is just the kind of player you get. Super creative, great progressor of the ball. Um, only issue, obviously, would be that age. I don't think he's the right profiles for them necessarily. But I think if they decided that this was the kind of player they wanted, he's definitely the kind of profile. If he was about three years younger, I think they would have bought him already by now. Um, so I definitely, I definitely think that this is the kind of player they they would be aiming for, anyways. So that's my number one option. Okay, hold on. If you're not doing anything right now, you look for Europa League highlights. Okay. Atalanta versus Bayer Leverkusen. Okay. And check out those two Malinowski strikes. Okay. Let that show you what we're talking about a little bit. That day, Malinowski was on fire. That game, he ran the entire thing and he decided it. And that was when uh, the Ukraine thing was still uh, heated up. And so I was. Re- that was that was the day he really, really impressed me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm also on board with your shot. You've you've gone four for four so far. <laughs> so now the second deal is a player that is a, a little more left field, but it's certainly someone that could fit right in with his links already at the club. It is Lucas Paqueta at Lyon. Obviously, we know that they've already brought in Bruno Guiamesh. That's this player he'll be familiar with from the Brazilian national team. And at Lyon, um, this is a creative master. He's a maestro. Absolutely delicate on the ball. Great dribbler. Gets into advanced forward areas. Can get you a goal here and there. Lucas Paqueta would be amazing. My only concerns, obviously, would be, does he think this is his level? Would he want to go play at Newcastle? Um, obviously, they could offer him the money, but maybe he's looking and edging for a much better move. He wouldn't be the Champions League. So there's obviously those certain concerns for him on his end. But I think if Newcastle could pull this off, best, best, best player they could go for. I think I actually think he's the best player on the my cam options here. I just don't think the fit necessarily for him. I don't think he would consider this yeah. move. I think that this would be very, very out of his bracket. I think he would want, he would feel more comfortable at a top six club or at one of the big boys in Spain. Exactly. So that's very, very, very interesting. I like that one. I think he would come in directly for Joe Linton. Yeah. Though, because I'm not, I'm, I like him. I like Joe Linton mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not definitely. It's we're not definitely going Joe Linton and Paqueta yeah. and Bruno Guimaraes on the pitch at the same time. That's not going to work. Joe Linton as a rotational option is not terrible. It's not terrible. I don't think Newcastle fans will mind that at all. So it's so it's nice to have that good problem where you know you have too many good players. No one there's there's absolutely nothing wrong about having too many good players. You know, I think more clubs will yeah. be happy if they can have too many good players. But my pick, the player I'm going with, is Sofian Diop, who is at Monaco. Okay. Exceptional player. Tell me. Great playmaker. Can play out wide. Um, Sofian is young. He's only 22. Um, so there's certainly room to grow. Um, you know, maybe there's a bit of concerns about he, is this really the right time for him to make the trip to England? Does he need a few more years in, um, France to really hone his game? But we're talking about a very exceptional player. Scored 14 goals in 76 appearances at Monaco. Great return for the kind of progressive midfielder he is. Um, you know, just a really a really well-versed playmaker here. So, and someone that, again, can play out wide. So, he's not limited to central positions. And <laughs> you will not believe this. He was linked to Newcastle as well. So, this is something they are thinking about. Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying that I know something. But, you know, 
Newcastle, give me a ring. I can help you your recruitment department. How, wait, how, how recent was this? Uh, this was about three weeks ago. Okay, okay. Transfer window is still, we still got like about 10 days. Yep. Yeah, so we're still, we're still kind of in. I think those three shouts, uh, my, I'm a big fan of the Paqueta one. If Paqueta can, if, if he comes over to Newcastle, that would be a very big move for the Premier League. Premier League has been making really big moves. But yeah, big fan of the Paqueta shout. And that moves us straight to London now. Chelsea, in my opinion, still need a striker. I can't believe they let Lukaku go. I understand the whole situation, but I think Lukaku guarantees goals. Yeah. And that's what Chelsea need. But of course, the, that's that's that situation now. They can't um they have to just move on from the situation and first the first uh, player that I decided to put forward for Chelsea is a player that has been linked to a lot of Premier League clubs lately and um he's a player that really piques my interest. My only worry is that he's just not going to score the goals that Chelsea need. Okay. In Cody Gakpo. Okay. 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 Yeah. So Cody Gakpo is a good player overall. That one is without a doubt. I I have no reservations about him being a good player and if he would I th- also think he would fit into Chelsea because sometimes I think Chelsea need more of that directness. I think a player like this would really help to complement that attack. And he scored 12 goals in the league last season, which is, I think, it's okay for a wide forward. But I'm, I think that Chelsea fans would, uh, you know, Chelsea fans have high expectations, and yeah, Chelsea as a club, it, they they can go ahead and tag him a flop, you know. Also looking at uh, Hakim Ziyech as well, mm-hmm. like his transition to Chelsea was not so easy. Yeah. So that was the only um exactly it wasn't that was the only um thing I had doubts about Cody Gakpo for. But I definitely think he's going to slot into that right hand side really well. I think he would work well, and but that would that would be shifting Sterling in like to the central positions a little bit, which I also think would would work. But I know that he's going to excel, especially on the right hand. On sorry, on the left hand side, I'm I'm very confused about the right and left. So yeah, especially <laughs> on the left hand side, he's he's going to cook on that Chelsea wing, but. My other player, which I now am buying into the idea more and more, would come in on that left, obviously finds himself in the central areas. He has done it before in this level. He has done it before in the Champions League. He has done it before in the Europa League. He has done it in the AFCON. He's done it under Tuchel as well, which is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I didn't think I would... I would be lo- I'd be loading him as a uh, top transfer target at this point, but it just makes sense to me. That directness I was talking about with Cody Gakpo, I see it more now with Aubameyang. I think he's more he's very he's a very individualistic player sometimes, but I think he also is um clear when it, he's he he works best when his manager is clear, you know. Mm-hmm. And um he the positions that he gets to. Are very very he's a very dangerous player of course he's very threatening and which is also what Chelsea miss a lot with when another has gone that pace and threat Chelsea don't have that anymore so we are looking at a, a player that is pacey threatening and he's going to score you goals his age and his pace is not 
as much as we expected. As not as it's not as good as when the last time he worked with Thomas Tuchel is, of course. But they already have the chemistry. He knows this, like he knows his player, and it just makes sense. I don't see anything that would stop this from making this a good transfer. Okay, okay, I like this. Yeah. I like this. I like this. Okay, who would you want to Chelsea to sign out of those two? Um, oof. interesting question because I think that's two different, not profile wise, but like that age is definitely a big thing. I feel like big thing. I feel like it's uh, does a Bayern feel too old? But then there's also this gap going out feel too young, you know. I feel like there's a mm-hmm. there's you have there's some there's a kind of I think they'd be looking for a player in the middle, you know, that twenty seven to twenty nine range, I think. Aubameyang feels a bit too old. Gapo feels like he still has a few years to really learn the ropes. Um so if I had to choose one uh, I guess you go Aubameyang, you know, get one, two years out of him, see what you can get there, and then <laughs> ironically, you might end up replacing Aubameyang with Gapo. Assuming he's still yeah. on the market, but so I was thinking that you know st- um, they in acquiring Sterling they already kind of filled in that you know that that age profile of you know like experienced twenty seven twenty eight so I was thinking yeah. that maybe with an older player he would have someone to bounce off and mm-hmm. with a younger player he would have someone to like you know mentor mentor yeah it, definitely it, it kind of worked both ways with with Sterling it just worked both ways for me I get that but yeah that was that was what we had with Chelsea. So, who do you have next for us, bro? So, we go to the home of the team who finished second last season. I had to throw in that disc just real quick. <laughs> oh. No, <I> <laughs> <laughs> okay. We traveled oh, to Liverpool. Oh, so far. We did so far. <laughs> we so far. These, are the, these, are the, these are the trying times. <laughs> we traveled to Liverpool to find a midfielder. I asked Magnus, what kind of midfielder do you think your team is looking for? And he described it as a Naby Keita replacement, at which point I said, no problem. All right. So, my first player is a Premier League player, proven, and I think would actually oddly fit the club system. It is, you may not like this, but I'm telling you, listen, hear me out. Alexis McAllister at Brighton. Bring him, bring him. Alexis <laughs> McAllister. <laughs> Alexis McAllister at Brighton would be mm, Chef Kiss. Chef this Kiss, is a, oh, this is a player. I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> this is a player capable of playing in on a, in on in on that three. Very versatile player. Can play in more advanced positions. Has great non-penalty XG numbers. Great touches moves the ball well you know his passing cannot is not entirely there wow. but i think that that doesn't matter at all because he's going to be in the club system he's great presser which i think matters so 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 much he's a great presser great tackle numbers 3.1 per game um great block numbers this is a, a all action midfielder he's 23 so he has upside game in the club system this is a player who could flourish and do super well Certainly, kind of player they should be looking for. I would love to see Alexis McAllister at Liverpool. Wow, I can't believe you almost told me on McAllister. <laughs> so, let, I want to also I want to hear the remaining two of your players before I make anything. Okay, else. so at number two, we fly out to Germany, Munchengaba specifically to pick up Florian Neuhaus. Neuhaus. Twenty-five yep. years of age. Florian Neuhaus is exactly think of. 
McAllister, but better. He doesn't have the defensive numbers. Not that great of a presser, honestly. But, oh my goodness, progressive carries and passes are his specialty. This is an all-action midfielder capable of doing a lot of things in midfield. He can get forward extremely well. creates short actions. This is a do-it-all midfielder kind of player that I think Klopp would love. Runs hard, plays hard, works hard. Knows Klopp, knows the Bundesliga. I think you should get this guy in right now. <laughs> that's that's another one. All of them I've checked out so far. But, Every single one. So go on. But they can only be one. And so, introducing the player I believe Liverpool should sign this window to finally kill off these midfield problems. Conrad Lima, RB Leipzig, is the one. Think of McAllister. Think of Neuhaus. But think... My mouth is open. Even better. Lima's... Lima's well, that's, that's not going to happen. I know, but it doesn't matter. We can shoot for the stars. Lima's... Lima's attacking numbers are excellent. One of the best assist lane players that you can find for his position. He's getting great progressive carries, great dribbles, great touches in his opponent's area. He's an unbelievable presser. He has the tackles for days, works extremely hard, do it all midfielder, can play a 6, can play an 8, can play a 10. You need to play some auxiliary, auxiliary ball, he'll do that as well. This is a player that honestly, I love because you put him in any position whatsoever, he will play there. Conrad Lima, go and get him. This is a player who literally should be playing at the highest level. Bayern, if you're listening, go and get him. Spurs, you should have gotten him, but you didn't. That's fine. I don't mind. But if Liverpool gets him, honestly, you are looking at a player who could genuinely, genuinely, genuinely be one of the 10 to 12 best midfielders on the planet. Conrad Lima, get him in. Get him in now. <laughs> appreciate Bro, it appreciate I'm, it appreciate I'm, it I'm, 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 that was that was incredible because i genuinely genuinely think that with conrad lima liverpool wins the league yes and i'm also saying that because of that trent alexander arnold cover and that guy would cover his right back position excellently Abs- absolutely we wow wow and i'm now i'm so confused why we are not in for that guy 25 as well just He's 24, yeah. not even 25, 24. What the... No, 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 I don't think so. That's he's 25, actually. 25, he's 25, actually. But only turned 25 in May. Did he just sign a new contract recently? Mm, that is a very he good must question. Have. That is a very good question. He's been linked all over the gaff. So... Mm-hmm. Especially by... Expe- actually, he hasn't. He's, it's... It's... um It's... It's expired in 2023. He doesn't... He doesn't plan on renewing it. Yep. Which is why Bayern well, looking at if, him hardly. Okay, well, for as a Liverpool fan, McAllister, I definitely have the co-sign. I think he would fit in well with the squad, especially because mm-hmm. that squad. Now we're having, we're kind of having um more South American vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would fit in well with the squad. He knows the Premier League. I have no look. All of them would fit in. You're you're correct in that Liverpool signing them would definitely improve. But who I think improves our squad the most is definitely Conrad Lima. He has the, the qualities to improve our squad the most. So, if I'm picking anyone, definitely Lima. And uh, that's that was brilliant, bro. That was brilliant. Appreciate it. And um, so, Man United. Uh, next door, we have um, 
a problem that I think is not so concentrated on because of more obvious problems mm-hmm. in their right back position. I still feel they're weak there. And a lot of teams, if you look at the best teams in the world, you definitely see strength in their wide positions, especially their wide defenders. Yeah. United brought in Tyrell Malasia, who I'm very impressed with. And immediately once I saw him play his first game, which was against Brentford, I was like, this is what United should be looking for out wide on both flanks. Okay. That fight that he brings... And the fight, and I'm seeing the fight in defending, and he fights to attack as well. So I'm thinking a, a more of a warrior kind of player, right? And okay. but has that quality as well. Because when you're saying that, you could imagine someone like Wambisaka, but Wambisaka is not technically apt enough to play for Manchester United. Okay, I'll say that. So I brought two players forward, and first one. Both of them, Man United are going to have to pay through their news, and that's the position they put themselves in. And these two players, um, one of okay, so Tari Clamty is the first one, okay, which okay. I think makes sense for Man United, Ghana international now. I think he's he's going to be playing more in international games, definitely. Definitely, he is a very top, top, top attacking fullback, but his defensive qualities are not are not missing as well at all. He's proven it in the Premier League. His debut for Chelsea against... I think it was against Liverpool. He made his debut. I was stunned. I was like, who is this guy? And that's the same thing that they have. You know, that academy thing where just one academy player just comes out of nowhere. He goes to Brighton and he's, he's... He walks into that side and he becomes a mainstay in Brighton, which are one of the best footballing sides in the Premier League, which is actually where man you need to be. If he can start as their wide fullback in one of the best footballing sides in the Premier League, he can definitely start at Manchester United. I've seen him take on the best players in the Premier League one-for-one, like face-to-face and not shake. So I definitely have no doubts about him succeeding in Manchester United. Mm -hmm. But this player, I think, would struggle if there are not adjustments, you know, made around. Like, I think... He's not going. He's going to struggle in this struggling Manchester United side as well, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't call for this player if improvements are not made to the squad. Now, a player I think improves them right now is Giovanni De Lorenzo. Okay, okay. I really like this guy because I think I yes when I was describing a warrior of a right back, this is the guy I was imagining. And I really like his technical ability, which is where I think he would be. Like, this is where I think they could use him as a weapon. Now, the only thing I'm I'm kind of scared about is what happened with Alex Tellers. Um, but Tellers just turned out to not be the player that we expected him to be. And I'm just hoping that Giovanni Di Lorenzo is the player that I'm loading him to be here. But he is definitely a cross crossing master your defensive actions, he's right there. He's always in position, bro. This guy, his defensive position in which Wambisaka has always been, he has been found wanting a lot of times. And this guy is very, very disciplined, especially when it comes to Napoli's defensive line. He, he was really one of the players that was, that really respected the line very well and which made that line tick. So, he's a player that I think definitely discipline-wise, he is definitely right there. He would put in the fight. And I think him and Malasia, I would be very worried 
going into a game with De Lorenzo and Malasia um, out wide. I think De Lorenzo is definitely one of the best players in Napoli. So to pay to get De Lorenzo, you are going to have to pay. And he is 28. So I think he's the player that comes and improves Manchester United right this moment. Like if they want, if they want to start, I think they should go for him. I think uh, if they're not going for him this season, I don't think they should go for him again. But right, I think he's a player that definitely, he definitely makes Manchester United a more threatening team because he would, he locks up that side and he is he definitely threatens down the right hand side. So what do you think? Very interesting. Um, funny enough, you mentioned Lorenzo. Um, I stumbled on his on his Wikipedia page earlier today, so uh, I was actually reading up on him a little bit. Um, firstly, he was actually linked to United. If uh, in twenty twenty signed a new deal. Oh. Um, he's now Napoli captain after Koulibaly and Insignia obviously left for Chelsea and Toronto FC, um, respectively. So. <laughs> Given the prospect to join United the first time, he said no. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I definitely, think, definitely think he's kind of player they should be, they should be going for. Yeah, and he's that leader presence that they need in the dressing room as well. Exactly. I think De Lorenzo to Manchester United is perfect, but I definitely don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so that wraps up. That wraps up. Uh trying to fix all the Premier League teams. So please ring up the director of football. Tell them <laughs> tell them to listen to 97 wherever they find their podcasts. And we'll be right back. So Magnus, there's a new weekend upon us. What is your prediction for this weekend? Okay. So definitely we're not on form. Since um I'm still off the board, we're just still spitballing anyway. I see Newcastle playing Manchester City at St. James's Park. Okay. St. James's Park is, you okay. know, is rocking right now. Okay. So where are you going with this? Newcastle are going to get a result. So I'm saying point or win for Newcastle this Whoa. weekend. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Yep. So what are you saying? Hmm. Oh, you know what? You know what? In fact, I'm going to go rogue. Newcastle are keeping a clean sheet this weekend. What? Yes. What? Yes. What? Nick Pope, bro. Nick Pope. Come on. To our to our honest fan base and uh betters, <laughs> please do not. I beg you, do not put your money down on that. Please. Please save your money. Please yes. ready your palate. Go and go and go and chop. Go and chop a goosey this weekend. Do not, <laughs> do not put five dollars on Newcastle to keep a clean sheet. Please, Magnus is leading you astray. <laughs> we'll check next week. We'll see. How about you? What are you saying? Hmm. Hmm. You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm seeing Palace. I'm seeing Villa. A battle of two okay. ex Premier League midfielders. Town managers, mm. and unfortunately, yo, isn't it mad? We have Vieira, Lampard, and Gerard managing the Premier League at the same time. Bro. Yep, it's crazy. Are we not old? Very, very old. <laughs> very, very old. Right. All right. So, what are you saying? Palace versus Villa. Unfortunately, for one of these managers, it's going to be a very, 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 very terrible weekend. 
and I think that manager is going to be Steven Gerrard. Because I think Palace are going to thrash Villa. Expect four oh, okay. goals plus. Four goals plus four. Put it down. All right. Put it down. Put it we have down. It. We have it down. So we are expecting four goals from Palace and a clean sheet from Newcastle this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we'd say goodbye. And we'll see you next weekend. But we hope we have solved a lot of problems for a lot of Premier League teams. And we expect our paycheck next week. Time to call me. Call me. All right. It's been Magnus. And it's been Dai. Have a great one, guys.